Thanks for joining us at the Ham South Podcast Network. If you're interested in joining us in our services, we meet at 10am on a Sunday at 131 or Hoporo in Melbourne. We'd love to see you there. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Neon Kids Program. Neon is a before and after school care and school holiday program for primary and intermediate students. Neon has two centres operating in Rotatuna and in Melville. For more information, visit www.neonkids.co.nz. That's www.neonkids.co.nz. Now to the pod. These three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And these three things, they depend and they rely on one another in order to find true fulfillment. Faith gives us purpose for now. Hope gives us confidence in the future. And love gives eternal community. If you have faith and hope but no love, You'll probably have incredible drive for whatever you want to achieve, but you'll be alone and isolated in your pursuit. If you have hope and love but no faith, you'll probably have lots of fun doing all sorts of great things with your friends, but it might lack meaning, and in the end, it could be time wasted. If you have faith and love but no hope, you'll probably quite happily be able to talk the talk and even walk the walk, but it probably won't really change much for you. You'll still just kind of always be the same. If you have faith and love but no hope, you'll probably find that you're a bit like the Ephesians. You'll be like the Ephesians who were told, you are blessed, you are united with Christ. You are loved, you are chosen, you are holy, you are blameless, you are adopted, you are free, you are forgiven, and you are co-heirs with Christ. In the Ephesians, they heard this, and they kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, oh, that's nice, and they just continued on as they were, unchanged, as though it meant nothing to them to know that they were blessed, united with Christ, loved, chosen, holy, blameless, free, adopted, forgiven, and co-heirs with Christ. Paul celebrated the Ephesians for their strong faith and their strong love, but they were missing hope. They understood what it meant to have faith, to believe and to know the truth about Christ, and they trusted in the purpose that that gave them. And they understood what it meant to love, to love God and to love those around them as Christ loves them. But they just couldn't quite grasp the hope factor that Christ brings. They lacked confidence, and they certainly didn't have confidence in their future. As I said, they could quite happily talk the talk and even walk the walk. They had been told about this new way to live, and they thought it's quite nice. It's a good thing to do. It's a good way to live. And what Paul had told them about Christ, that was also nice. And they wanted to believe in Christ and have faith in who he was. And they trusted that Christ would give purpose to their lives and to the lives of those around them. And they were just happy enough. 
but they still lacked confidence in the future that Christ had offered them. It would go like this. So, Mr. Ephesian, did you know that because Christ died for you, you have been chosen by God to live without fault in his eyes, and he did all of that just because he loves you. Oh, really, says Mr. Ephesian. That's very kind of him, but are you sure he's got the right guy? Or, so, Miss Ephesian, did you know that because Christ died for you, you have been set free, and all of your sin is forgiven, and now nothing can stick to you in the eyes of God? And he did that all because he loves you. Huh, I see says Miss Ephesian. Good, good to know that I can keep asking for forgiveness when I need it, right? These words, they let them roll in and they let them kind of run down their backs like rain would falling on you. And they'd think, oh, that's refreshing. But then they would let those words keep rolling and they might even shake, you know, like a dog. And then all of these words would just fly off them. And they would carry on as they were. Because, and dare I say it, if we were to let those words fall onto us and let them seep in and settle on our skin, then that would mean something has changed. Something would have to be different and we wouldn't be able to just carry on as we were. Because while faith is the belief that there is something better, the belief that we can be blessed, united with Christ, loved, chosen, holy, blameless, free, adopted, forgiven, and co-heirs with Christ. Hope is the confidence or even the expectation that we are, not that we just can be, or not that we want to be, but that we are blessed, united with Christ. Loved, chosen, holy, blameless, adopted, free, forgiven, and co-heirs with Christ. And when we are those things, when that is the reality of who we are, our lives will change. They will have to change as a result. And if you find this hard to get your head around... Don't worry, you're certainly not alone. I know that at times I find this really hard. It's too big to get my head around. And the Ephesians too, this was really a struggle for them. They couldn't let these things that Paul had told them in Ephesians 1, they couldn't really let these things settle. And so turn with me now, if you've got a Bible, um, and we'll read from Ephesians 1 verses 15 to 23 to find out what Paul says about getting our heads around this idea of hope. Starting from verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, excuse me, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. 
I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Paul prays for the Ephesians constantly, asking God that he would give them the spiritual wisdom and insight so that they may grow in their knowledge of God. Paul also prays that the Ephesians would be enlightened, that light would flood into their hearts so that they may see and understand the confident hope that God has called his people to and the incomparably great power that is available to those who believe. So first of all, let's just take a quick look at the fact that the, um, it is accepted that getting your head around this idea of hope is a hard thing to do. It's a tricky one. I mean, Paul is praying about this for the Ephesians, that the glorious Father would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they may know God better. And he prays that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened so that they would know the hope that they are called to. This is not something that can be easily grasped without the inspiration, the divine inspiration from the Spirit of God. And for me, this is a great comfort because I like to have answers. Even when I don't really need them, I just kind of like to collect information and just have it stored away for any moment where I can bring it out um, and use it. For example, a few of us here are a part of a quiz team, and we um, go to a quiz every week. And so this is a great opportunity for me to use all of these random answers that I've got stored away um, on all sorts of random questions. But I do have to say, our performance varies a lot. But I enjoy being a part of this team. I mean, it's a, good, it's a good social time, but also, yeah, to get these answers out. Because I find there is nothing more satisfying than just knowing, yes, the song One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men from the 90s was in the number one in the US charts for 16 weeks. I was able to use that one this week, but we talked ourselves into going for another answer. So we actually got it wrong, even though it was one of the random pieces of knowledge I had stored away. I mean, as I said, our performance can vary quite a lot. Um, and there are, all, all, of course, many, many questions that I need to probably skill up on and learn some information about. Because the reality is, is that I can't know everything as much as I might try. And I mean, Google is pretty good these days, but sometimes Google gets it wrong, doesn't it, guys? Um, and yeah, sometimes Google can't tell us the right answers. 
And I find that some of the answers that Google struggles with, which I do too, is big, big questions that we might have about God. And I mean, the Bible is definitely the first place you go to for any sort of clarity on questions about God. But sometimes I find myself reading and I just think, I'm even more lost than before. And I think, why can't this be easier? And so that's when sometimes Google comes in handy. But then these little verses, they kind of play themselves out across my mind. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond what you could imagine. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And our humanness, our reality is that this fact is often made glaringly obvious to us. God's thoughts are nothing like our thoughts, and his ways are far, far beyond anything that we could even imagine. And that means that sometimes there are some things on this earth that we won't know the answers to. There are some aspects of God and of the things that he says that will always remain a mystery to us. And the thing is, that is okay. Because the heavens are higher than the earth, and God's ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts higher than our thoughts. God hasn't done this to make things difficult for us, to trick us or to confuse us. He has done this as a reminder to trust him. We can't know it all as much as we would like to. There comes a point when some things of God will remain a mystery to us. And that is okay, because it's not a mystery to God. And he is the one who reigns over the earth. He's got this. And we don't need to have it. We don't need to know all of the answers, because God's got it. And we can trust in him and trust in his majesty. But... There is a big but that comes with this. God has given us the Spirit, His Spirit, as a guide for us, as an advocate for us, someone who brings wisdom and revelation, someone who can help us read the Word of God with fresh eyes, someone who can help us hear God's Word with open ears, and someone who can help us move all of these facts, all of this knowledge about God from our heads to make it the lived reality in our hearts. We aren't going to be able to know it all, and we aren't going to be able to have it all together because God is the one who has it all together. But what we do have is the Spirit to help us to make sense of the things that we can't and to help to lead us towards Christ in everything that we do. So engage with that. Engage with the Spirit. Seek the wisdom and the revelation of the Spirit and ask for understanding. You can ask for your eyes, your ears, your mind, your heart to be opened and enlightened so that you may get to know God better, so that you may get to know the reality of the confident hope that he has called you to and the incredible power that he gifts to those who believe. We can never know it all. 
And as humans, we will struggle to grasp some of these bigger concepts of God, like this hope that he has called us to. And that is our reality, as the heavens are higher than the earth is our reality. But we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us towards truth and the reality of Christ in every situation. Then Paul goes on in this passage, and if you needed any more clarity, any more reason, Paul lays out his qualifiers or his proof for why we can trust and have confident hope in Christ. He says we can have confident hope in Christ because we know of the immeasurable power that God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Now the NIV, it translates this verse as when he raised Christ from the dead. But in the Greek text, you find that it uses a plural in this sentence. So the more accurate translation is when he raised Christ from the dead ones. And this changes the way that we read it quite a bit, actually. Because the point is not simply that Christ was raised from a state of death to live again, although that is very massive and a huge thing. It goes deeper than that. Christ was raised out from the dead ones, which suggests to us that he was just one of the dead ones at that time. And so if Christ was one who could be raised out from the dead ones, then what, who's to say that others can't be too? This difference is important as it suggests to us that Christ's resurrection, it wasn't an isolated event. It wasn't a one-off. Rather, it was the first stage in the future resurrection. Christ's resurrection is an inauguration. It is the beginning or the introduction of the future resurrection. And this power the very power that raised Christ from among the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father. This incomparably great power is shared with us who believe. And when we know hope, the confident hope that God has called us to, we know that this isn't an empty promise or just a nice thought. This is true and this is real. <clears throat> The same power that God used to raise Christ from the dead is shared with us today and it has been shared with us so that we might live out here and now the future new life that we have been called to in Christ. The life that we have been told about, the life that points, that our hope points to, the life where we live in the truth that we are blessed. We are united with Christ, loved, chosen, holy, blameless, free, adopted, forgiven, and co-heirs with Christ. The power of God has been shared with us through his Holy Spirit so that even in the reality of our humanness, we may live in the confident hope that Christ has called us to. We can have confident hope in Christ because we know that he is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
in the heavenly realms, and he is far above every rule and authority, power and dominion, and any other name that can be named. Not only in this present age, but also in the age to come. Christ has been resurrected and is now exalted in the heavenly realms. He has been given honor and dignity through God's power. And now he is present with God, exalted to the highest position. Our hope does not come from this world. Our center is not focused here on this earth. Now that Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realms, our hope comes from heaven and our lives focus around the center that is Christ in heaven. And Christ is far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and any other name that might be named. Christ reigns above them all. In his resurrection, Christ did not only conquer some so that a few may share in his victory. Christ conquered all so that we all might share in his victory. Paul doesn't list these different things, the rule and authority, etc. He doesn't list them just for the heck of it. He lists them to emphasize and to reinforce to us that there is nothing, there is nothing on this earth that holds any power compared to Christ. All of it, everything on this earth and in heaven sits under Christ's feet and under his reign. Christ has been exalted to sit at the Father's right hand and everything in the heavens, everything on earth, in this age and in the age to come, everything is under his reign and it is in him, the supreme one, that we have our confident hope. And we can have confident hope in Christ because Christ is the place where God's presence power and salvation are known, and the church draws from this fullness. In the Old Testament, we are given a good background for understanding God's fullness. God's presence or his power, it dwelled, his glory dwelled in the tabernacle in the temple, and it filled that place, and it was his spirit of wisdom that God filled individuals with. So from this, we can understand that fullness, God's fullness, refers to God's making his presence and power felt. But unlike in the Old Testament, God's presence is no longer restricted just to the temple. Instead, God chose for his power and his glory to dwell in his son, Jesus Christ. So God's presence fills Christ, and in turn, Christ shares that with us, his own, the church, and the church can now partake of God's divine fullness. And Paul puts it in this passage as the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The new age, the age that is to come, has already begun. No longer are we separated from God. Jesus Christ filled that void. No longer are we far from God. God's fullness is within us through his spirit. And no longer do we live just for today. God has set 
his future in motion by his resurrection of Christ. And we can now live from our future. Hope has been given to us. And the realities of what we expect in heaven are available here and now for us today. Dwelling in God's presence, engaging with God's power, and sharing in God's salvation. That, that can be our reality today if we choose to pursue and to know hope. These three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. And these three things depend and rely on one another in order to find true fulfillment. Faith gives purpose for now. Hope gives confidence in the future. And love gives eternal community. Hope is the fuel that keeps faith alive in our quest to find love. Faith helps us to trust that we can be blessed, united with Christ, loved, chosen, holy, blameless, free, adopted, forgiven, and co-heirs with Christ. And love tells us that we are blessed, united with Christ, loved, chosen, holy, blameless, free, adopted, forgiven, and co-heirs with Christ. And hope, hope enables us to live in the reality that we are blessed. We are united with Christ. We are loved. We are chosen. We are holy. We are blameless. We are adopted. We are free. We are forgiven. And we are co-heirs with Christ. Hope gives us that confidence. So how well do you know hope? If you would like prayer at any point, come forward or turn to those around you to ask them to pray for you. We're going to finish with a couple of songs. Um, so take this time now to respond if you want to or need to, or simply enjoy the worship. Thanks again for joining us for this week's message. Before you go, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Neon Kids Program. Neon is a before and after school care and school holiday program for primary and intermediate students. Neon has two centres operating in Rotatuna and in Melville. For more information, visit www.neonkids.co.nz. That's www.neonkids.co.nz. Thanks again.